Welcome to our Victory Outreach Boston podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We're going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. If you could turn to your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24, verses 3. We're going to read a couple of scriptures here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to jump right into it this morning. I feel the power and the presence of God. Glory to God. The Word of God tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, starting in verse 3, Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately and asked, Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and then the end of age? Verse 4, then Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear wars and rumors of wars, but see not that you are not alarmed. See it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end will still to come. Nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of birth pains. Amen. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you for your Son and the Holy Spirit, Father God, and we pray today, God, that you quicken us. God, open up our hearts. God, move me aside, Father, and I pray that you help me to communicate that which you placed upon my heart, Father. We give you all the glory. God, meet every need right now, God. Father, I pray for healing to take place in families, God, in the hearts of your people, God, and God, physical healings, God, emotionally, spiritually, God, we pray for, God, every need, financial needs that are represented here, God, we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, have your way, and all God's people say, amen, amen, amen. you may take your seat here this morning, thank you, worship team, come on, give it up for the worship team here this morning, that was a powerful, powerful powerful worship here, and I just want to thank God for my salvation, and I always say I am grateful. I am grateful that I'm standing here in my right mind, saved, delivered, man, by the power of God. And most of you know my story. I I came into the Christian recovery home in 2009, and I had nothing going for me. I was bound. I was addicted. I was in and out of jail. And you know the whole story. And uh, but God was faithful. He set me free. He, he gave me a firm foundation. I graduated the home, and, and I, I've been clean ever since. I went to Bible school, and I said yes to the call of God. I kept on saying yes, and I found myself here being part of the team in Victory Outreach Boston. So I am grateful this morning for not only uh, the vision, but our leadership. Amen. Our Pastor Sonny Jr., Sister Kim, our pastoral team here today. Amen. So come on, give the Lord a, a praise here this morning. Man, God is so good. God is so, so good here. And um, I titled this morning's message, Sign of the Times. Somebody say, Signs of the Times. Amen. And how many of you have, uh, like, Christian movies, right? There's this uh, Christian movie that's based on a novel. It's called Left Behind. Right? And... uh, Help me, I, sometimes I can't pronounce people's last name, but there's a lot of reboots and remakes of this movie throughout the decades. And I remember the first one was Kurt Cameron, right? Kurt Cameron, I don't know if I pronounced his last name, 
But he's a, a, a Christian brother. He, he, he writes books for children. He, he's very good. He's an entrepreneur. He does a lot for God. But this movie called Left Behind. Another one was Kevin Sorbo. And there's recently they made a movie with Nicolas Cage with Left Behind. And it's based on the second coming of God. Right? He comes and he raptures his church. He takes his church, right? And it, there's this pilot. You know, he goes to church and he has a, a Christian family. And, but, he, you know, he messes around. He has like a side chick. And, um, but God raptures the church and he's left behind. The pilot is left behind. His wife, you know, he's a believer, his children. Uh, God raptures the church and he goes back to his hometown, a little hometown. And, you know, how uh, ironically, the pastor is left behind as well. And he goes, man, why don't you go? And, and he said, man, because of my lack of faith. I knew all about God, but man, my, my faith was not really based on, you know, on, on Jesus. So this movie was really, it, it kind of trips out, like, you know, like uh, what takes place when Jesus comes back. But one can't help today. And, and, and as we see the state of the world today, as we see what's going on in the Middle East, as we see what's going on in our nation, what, we see what's going on around the world, sometimes as believers, we say, man, are we living in the end times, right? Are we in those times where Jesus is talking about? And sometimes it, 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 when things happen, I don't know about you, but sometimes we, we question, man, are we living in those times? Are we living the times that Jesus is, man, is Jesus coming back? As believers, sometimes we, we may question or we may say to ourselves in our spirit, man, Jesus is coming back soon. See, Matthew chapter 24 in our reading of our text is connected to chapter 25. Both of these chapters tie in together to a large degree. These chapters are composed to the Lord's response to the two questions set forth from the disciples. The disciples asked Jesus two questions. And thus, Jesus, right, responds to chapter 24 and chapter 25. The questions are, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming of the end of age? Hmm here this morning, the signs of the times. And I titled my first point, forewarning. My first point when Jesus answers, we see right away Jesus answers, watch out that no one deceives you, that many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Many. How many know it's important to have biblical doctrine? It's important to know why we believe what we believe, right? It's important to understand that our biblical doctrine refers to the teachings of the revealed word of God, the Bible. False doctrine is the idea that adds to, takes away from, contradicts, nullifies the doctrine given in God's word. I'm going to say that again. False doctrine is the idea that adds to God's word, takes away from God's word, contradicts or nullifies the doctrine given to us, God's holy word. For example, any teachings about Jesus that denies his virgin birth is a false doctrine. 
Any teachings that deny that he was deity, that was, he was 100% God in the flesh, is false doctrine. Any teachings that deny his resurrection from the dead is false doctrine. Any teachings that redefines the person of Jesus Christ, the doctrine that denies his deity, his virgin birth, his sinless nature, his actual death, his physical resurrection, is false doctrine. Jesus said, watch out, that many will be deceived, claiming I am the Christ, I am the Messiah. How many religions today dominate today's world? How many doctrines dominate all over the world? Messages of salvation are being preached all over the world. In the masses, we have Jehovah Witnesses, we have Mormons, and I don't want to bash on anything, but I just want to preach God's word. Can I preach God's word here this morning? Can I just say how it is? Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, Paul the, uh, Paul the Apostle says, Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of life to deceive many. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 8 says, But even if an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than this one that I'm preaching to you, let them be under God's curse. 2 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, For many will be deceived. Many deceivers have gone and come into the world who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such one is a deceiver and the Antichrist. So here this morning, it's important to understand our doctrine, what we believe. We have to stand firm to the message of Jesus Christ. We have to stand firm to the person of Jesus Christ here today. The Bible says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Man, that's a really hard uh, pill to swallow, right? That there is no way, right, when we pass away and we enter eternity, if we're not, if we're not regenerated, we have been born again, then if our name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, then we can face judgment. The Bible says that there's a place designed for that. My friend, that's the message that Jesus came. And we can't say, well, uh, there's people that say, well, if a good God, uh, how can a good God send people to hell? Well, my friend, I'm here to tell you that God does not send people to hell. That's why he came from heaven to earth and he died upon that cross. He picked up the cross, right? They gave him 39, 40 lashes minus one. He died for our sin. Here this morning. So we came to understand that we have to know like we know God's word. Here today, we can't be deceived. In the end times, there's going to be a lot of messages, right? Even in Christianity, there's so many denominations preaching this and preaching that. So we have to be, understand we have to be a people of the word. We have to be people that know who we are in Christ Jesus. We have to know our doctrine. That's why it's so important to join pathways. That's why it's so important to, to study and to show ourselves or prove that we just don't go what the pastor says. Or, you know, um, we study God for our own. We go into the Bible for our own. As Christians, we t take ownership of our salvation and we study God's word. Come on, we know you got to study God's word. You got to break down the word. What does it mean in Hebrew? What does it mean? How can I apply this? We have to know our word and we have to stand firm right we have to stand firm
I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So important that we understand what's taking place in our world today. We can't be ignorant of what's taking place in the Middle East. We can't just brush it aside, but we have to understand that this war, right, that, it, that it's taking place is drawing, right, world powers together. There's repercussions beyond the Middle East. Conflicts and the geopolitical tensions are rising high. Following Russia's invasion to Ukraine, the U.S. and China relationship does not look good. It goes from bad to worse. Military analysis warned that the world is drifting to one of the most dangerous periods in human history. With the number of operational nuclear warheads owned by these countries are very, very, very much a threat. So here this morning, I want to let you know that we have to understand that there is a great, great war coming. Sooner or later, the Bible says there's going to be a great war taking place. So it's very, we're living in those times right now. We're, we can't just be like, well, you know, we, we can't become numb to the fact that, you know, these things are taking place. These wars are taking place. There's a real threat that can take place in our society today. What about earthquakes and famines that Jesus talks about? If you just go back one generation which is roughly 40 years. Some people say it's 25, 30. If you go back 40 years, how many earthquakes have been taking place? As I was studying, right, I was studying about major earthquakes. I seen in 2004 in Indonesia, there was an earthquake that killed 227,000 people. Just like that. Not talking about injuries, not talking about loss of properties and relocation. In China, right, in 2008, there was 87,000 deaths from one earthquake. In 2010, in Haiti, 220,000 people died, including 102 United Nations staff members. 2003, right last year, Turkey and Syria, over 50,000 people died from these earthquakes. And those are just major ones. There's a lot of smaller ones throughout the world, but this is a very real thing. Major earthquakes and famines. What about famines? If you just go back 40 years, there's been great famine, famines all over the world. In 1998, in Sudan, right? In Afghanistan, in Ethiopia, in Nigeria, in the Horn of Africa, Somalia, Somalia, Somalia. Amen. Did I say it right, Pastor Spencer? Right? He's like the guy who always tells me, I was like, did I say it right? Or... Great famines taking place all over in China, North Korea, South Sudan, all these places, in Ethiopia, and last, the last two years in Madagascar, Right? Through whatever reason takes with the political unrest or, you know, through the uh, whatever it may be. But famines of that in the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people without food taking place all over the world. The Bible tells us that this gospel will be preached all over the world and the end will come. How many know that we have the technology today? To tune in, right? I can tune in to a service in South Africa right now. Right, people in South Africa tune into a service right here. Anywhere you want, we can live stream service. The message of God is being preached. In fact, there's an organization called TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, and their sole mission is to set up satellites all over the world so people can hear the good news. There's churches that make it their mission, right? There's churches that make it their mission to go into indigenous places to get the Bible translated into their native tongue so they can understand the message of salvation. So the message is being preached all over the world, 
right, through thanks to technology. The Word of God also tells us in the end, knowledge will increase. Right? Knowledge will increase. Now, here this morning, I want to just put it, you know, I want to just simplify this. I have a, in my dad's side, I have a grand, grand, great-grandmother that's about 98, 99 years old, okay? She's still alive. Okay, so if we go back to my great-grandmother's time, and we just go to her parents, okay? We're going to go to the late 1800s. I was talking about 98 years, right? It'll be 1923, but if we go to her parents' generation, it'll be the late 18th century, okay? During that time, right, the automobile was invented January 29, 1986, right? That's talking about my great-grandmother, right? She's still alive. If we go to her parents' generation, the automobile was invented. The radio was officially invented in 1901. The television was invented in 1927. The computer in 1937. Nuclear power in 1942. The first space flight, 1957. The personal computer, 1974. The internet, 1974, right? Now, we go to our generation here today. Modern time, these past five years only, we live in a society with AI. We live in a society where McDonald's has robots, right, doing their orders. Amazon has robots doing those orders. We have cars that drive themselves, right? We, we have the technology to, if you just go to Cambridge right now and you go to MIT, you'll be surprised the nanotechnology they have to decode uh, genetic engineer our DNA and whatnot, cloning. These are the times where we're living in today. That knowledge will increase in a rapid pace. You know, we can go to Mars right now, right? We go, they went to Mars and landed a plane and landed a little, you know, ship and then got some, you know, material there and came back and landed successfully. We can so much stuff right now. Knowledge will increase. That's the day we're living here today. Lawlessness and wickedness shall increase and the love of many will grow cold. In October 22nd, 2023, here today, we're living in a time where Jesus said, right, prior to his return, people will be getting over to their sin, just as the days of Noah, where they provoke God to destroy the earth with a great flood. They will do what is evil and call it good. They will seek to eradicate all elements of God's law from their lives. The secularization of society, and they will live according to how they feel, following the desires of their reprobate minds. Doesn't this sound like today? Lawlessness and wickedness shall increase, and the love of many will grow cold. You know, in 4th of July, I... Uh, I hit up Pastor Spencer in the morning, like, bro, I want to go see this movie. It's out. We should go watch it. It's kind of like, contra con has a lot of controversy in it, right? Um, it's called Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom is based on a true story that brings an audience awareness of child sex, sex trafficking. The buying and selling of children for the purpose of exploitation is one of the most profitable, profitable industries in the world. 
Its annual revenue of child trafficking and forced labor brings $39 billion globally each year. To place that number in perspective, the trafficking of children generates more revenue than the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB combined. This is a shocking high figure, and it begs the question, where are we at today as a society? These are the times we're living in and where gender transition is viewed as okay. And is being taught to the masses in our public school systems. Indoctrinating the masses. Gender transition. It, it's, if you feel like a girl, then it's okay. This evil is being taught today. Society today is slowly losing reverence for God. We just look at, let's look at pop culture. Let's look at the concerts. Let's look at the movies. Let's look at even Disney Plus, the shows that they are showing, promoting transgenderism, promoting all this, you know, just Disney Plus. Look at pop culture today when they throw concerts just worshiping the devil, selling their soul, TV shows and artists and Companies that are okay with selling certain stuff to the children. It kind of gives us an idea of the temperature of where our society is today. And Jesus said, I give you a forewarning. Jesus gave us a warning in advance of the signs of the times. Isn't that good to know that Jesus let us know? certain things. So here this morning as a, as a minister, I want to be able to, to bring that out, to bring out these truths that God spoke about. Come on, give it a little praise here this morning. My iPad was acting up last night. My iPad was acting up, up last night and, you know, half of my message was like gone. So I was like, man, I had to write, I had to write it down. So my first point my first point was forewarning, and I, I want to just make it clear here today, we have to just make sure that we, as a ministry, we, we preach, we're well-rounded, we preach about everything. And it's important, God placed this upon my heart to really deliver to God's people, and we can't be ignorant of the times, we can't just ignore what's taking place around the world. We can't ignore what's taking place in our schools. We can't ignore what's taking place in our society today, in our workplaces. And we got to call it ace an ace this morning. Amen. My second point here this morning is, are you ready? Somebody say, are you ready? So my second point we'll bring is, are you ready to meet the Lord today? All right? Are you ready to meet your Savior here today? If Jesus were to come back, are you ready? Do you know of God or do you know God? I want to say that again. Do you know of God? I know of God, man. I know what, you know, this. But do you know God? That's the question. Do you know God for yourself? Do you, like, you know, like, you know that you walk with God, you talk with God, God talks with you, 
Right? That you're born again, that your name, you're assured that, man, man, God walks in me, his presence is upon me, and I know I hear his voice, I'm sensitive to his leading, I'm sensitive to his dealing. Do you know God, or do you, right? Or do you know of God? That's a personal question we must ask ourselves. Paul the Apostle writes to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13, that we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling here this morning. See, God does his part. God does his part. He died upon the cross. He shed his blood, right? He made a way for us through the means of the Holy Spirit, right? But then it causes us to do our part, right? There's practical applications that are required for the believer, for the Christian, you and I, that we must apply for us to have a relationship with God. After we're saved, right, there's practical application for you and I to do to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm preaching this morning, and I had to preach what God gave me, right? We have to be holy, we have to be set apart, right? We have to separate ourselves from the world and we're holy unto the Lord. We have to be able to develop a prayer life. Man, do we have a prayer life here this morning? A Bible devotion life? Do we have a Bible devotion life? We ask ourselves, right? These are practical applications. Help us today if we have a life that we deny ourselves, right? We put our, is Jesus number one in our life? Is he number one in our life? Do we put them in the forefront, in the center of our being? Are we fasting like Jesus commanded us? Are we separating ourselves, right? Do we go to church, attend, we attend church to, to, to hear from God, to worship the Lord? Are we a people who worships the Lord? Are we a people that are sensitive to, to his spirit, to his voice? We have to know like we know. We have to work out our own salvation, no, we can't launch onto our parents' salvation. We can't launch onto our brother's salvation. We, we have to give an account. One day we'll stand before God. So that's our question. Are you ready today? Are we ready today? If Jesus were to come back, are we ready? Huh? Are we loving God? Are we burning with the passion to love God? Where is our love for God? Is he number one priority his relationship should be our number one priority here this morning. And loving Jesus with all of our heart. I'm almost done. I'm almost done, church. So are you ready here today? Are we ready here today? Just like that movie where Jesus comes back and he takes the church and the pastor was left behind. My God. Right? And I had to evaluate. I was like, wow. Jesus. To love God, are we ready to meet the Savior? Point number three is kingdom service. Point number three, kingdom service. Worship team, get ready. Worship team. Kingdom service. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, verses 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father. There will be many that says, Lord, we prophesied in your name. Lord, we healed in your name. Lord, we did this in your name. Then I will declare that I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Jesus said that. 
Not everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but all, but the one who does the will of the Father. Here this morning. See, God did not just save us for us to have fire insurance. God did not just save us so we can just be saved and just make sure, man, I got fire insurance. I'm going to go to eternity. He just didn't just save us just to save us. He didn't have mercy upon our soul just to have mercy upon our soul. But there's an assignment placed in our lives. There's a purpose that God placed in our lives. See, Jesus didn't save us just to, us to be saved, just to love God. Yes, that's, that's important that we're saved and we love God. But our love for God has to translate to service to God. Our love for God has to translate to service to God. See, if I love someone, I'm willing to do whatever for them. Come on. If I love my spouse and, you know, I'm willing to go out of my way and do this, right? If, if a wife loves the husband, man, I'm willing to respect the man of God, right? I'm willing to do this and that. If we love something, if we love our children, we're willing to cover them, right? We'll go great leaps and bounds to do stuff for our children, Come on, right? But that love, is, it causes us to action. When we love, it causes us to act. When we love God, it should cause us to serve God. And see, that's what chapter 25, chapter 24 deals with the signs of the times. Chapter 25 deals with our response to the signs, our response, our responsibility as a church. See, the Lord is concerned of is on not only the, what we do, the Lord is concerned on what we do with what we have been given here this morning. The parable of Jesus that in, is introduced about the parable of the ten virgins, and I'm going to paraphrase this, right? The parable of the ten virgins found in Matthew chapter 25. I encourage churches, read chapter 24, read 25, homework for you guys. Homework, somebody say homework, like what? The kingdom of heaven will be like these ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Those who were foolish, when they took their lamp, took no oil with them. But the wise one took the oil and in their vessels had their lamps, took uh, their, their lamps and had oil in their vessels. The message of the parable is that we have to understand that Jesus will come back anytime. The message in the parable, if we, what we can get out of it, is that anytime we have to be ready, that Jesus is coming back any moment, like a thief in the night, like a twinkling of an eye, Jesus can come back. We don't know the hour, we don't know the day, but we know for sure that Jesus is coming back. And we have to be ready, like the five virgins, they were ready, they had their lamps, they had their oil, but five of them weren't ready. The Bible says that they were unwise. The wise ones had their lamp, the lamp representing faith. They had their lamps, they had the faith, they had the oil, represents the Holy Spirit. They're actively walking in faith walking with God, they had a passion for the things of God, they were ready at any moment, they were ready for that call, that the bridegroom is here, they were ready. As Christians, we have to keep the fire burning, living out God's truth through God's word, not allowing the modern thinking and liberal theology to water down and pollute our faith. Here this morning, 
the foolish virgins grew complacent, rationalizing amongst themselves, man, he's not going to come. Right? They, they were, grew complacent and rationalized that midnight would never come. They didn't prepare spiritually. They're irresponsible for their own oil. Can you imagine that? The last parable deals with the talents. Jesus used the parable of the talents to, keep, to, to help us to understand our callings as Christians, that we have a responsibility to use what we have for God's glory. You know, we have a responsibility to, to use what God has given us, the life, the intellect, our strength, our influence, our families, our money, our time, our giftings to use it for God's glory. Or one day we're going to have an account and Jesus is tying in his coming with the parable of the ten virgins and the parable of the talents where he says, hey, this man, he left his property and he left his servants there in charge of his house, right? The gifting God gave us is to use, right, to put our talent into action. The gifting of God causes us to use our talents for God. God rewards those who put considerably effort into bettering their lives, bettering their gifting for his glory. He does not command us to bury our talent and sit back and await salvation. That's, that's the main point. Right? We just bury our talent. We're, we're good. I'm saved. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm sitting down on, on my gifting and I'm just waiting until Jesus comes back. He does not command us to bury our talent. Right? So here this morning, I just, just wanted to share what God placed upon my heart. It's very important to have a reverence, to have a holy fear, to, to be aware of the times. And be, we can't just be, uh, you know, ignorant of what's taking place around the world. We can't just be, uh, you know, I believe the enemy just wants to numb us. Each, each on that, each, with COVID, with COVID, and with the political unrest in our nation, with these wars, with uh, what's taking place in the Middle East, with these earthquakes, with the lawlessness, with everything that's taking place in our world. Or sometimes we become numb as Christians, numb as a church, and we can blase and we can be unfoolish. Right? We can we can be like that. Like, well, you know what? The danger here is the fact that the people in Noah's day, in spite of being warned, in spite that you know the message was going out, people went carried with their business as usual. Jesus said, "From the days of Noah, the flood will come. People will be eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage. They knew nothing about what would happen in the flood to come. Let it not let it not be said that of the church, despite the warnings." Despite the signs, despite dangers, despite everything, let us not opt out into, you know, our everyday life like nothing's taking place. Like nothing, you know, let us not opt out of this. You know, the book of Revelation chapter 22 verse 12 says, behold, I am coming soon. In Revelation it says that, behold, look, I am coming soon and my reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. So here this morning, church, let's evaluate ourselves here this morning. You know, maybe, maybe some of us are not ready. Maybe some, some of us are not really sure. Like, man, am, 
Am I really walking with God? Do I really have God in my heart? No. Am, am I, you know, un- maybe you're unaware of what's taking place around the world or maybe you're, you're facing a, a crisis of your own, you know. Maybe you're facing your own crisis here today. And I just want to let you know that Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. I want to let you know that Jesus can get you through whatever. He wants to be number one in your life. You know, we're living in a time, we're, we're living in a time, hallelujah, we're, we're living in a time that we have to know like we know, biblical doctrine. We have to study the word of God. We have to dissect the word of God. We have to walk with God. We have to discover what our gifting is. Why, is, why was I born? What's the assignment that God gave me? And actively engage, actively pursue the call upon your life. So I'm just the messenger here today to provoke, to challenge the church. It was up to you, uh, us to really receive the word and be like, man, you know what? I want more. I, I want to serve God. I, I want to walk with God. I want to discover why God created me and the talents that God gave me. I want to give it back to God. I want to honor God with my life. I want to honor God. Amen. So here this morning, I don't know what, if, if, if anything ministered to you today, I pray that we'll have a holy fear here this morning. That we'll be able to, to live out that what God has placed upon our lives. See, as a church, Victory Outreach Boston, we believe in evangelism. We believe in reaching out. We have signs. We have prayer booths. We, we let people know that Jesus is coming back. We let people know that Jesus has a plan for their life. We believe in that. We're living in a sense of urgency, right? Victory Outreach, we're in the cutting edge. We're an anti-ministry. Our founder preached this message in Mighty Men of Valor. Our founder, you know, he, he let us know that, man, that we're living in those times. And we can go numb to all these signs. We can go numb and just carry on as busy as usual. But the church, we should be fired up. We should be pressing in. We should be serving God with all of our heart. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray this message builds your faith encourages and strengthens you in your walk with the Lord. If you would like to partner with us, sow a seed today, head on over to our website at voboston.org and hit the giving link located at the top of the page. God bless you.